Welcome to this talk from the Canon Do Zen Meditation Center. Located in Mountain View, California, Canon Do's meditation practice is open to the public. For more information or to get in touch with us, you can visit our website at canondo.org. That's K-A-N-N-O-N-D-O.org. This is my very first time in this uh, in this Zendo, my first time sitting here. Um, first time for anyone else. First time, welcome. We're in this together. Uh, and thank you all uh, who are familiar with this uh, with this space for supporting a newcomer. Um, yes. So my name is Dan Gajol. Uh, I am, uh, in addition to being a um, one of the resident priests at San Francisco Zen Center, uh, I also work at San Francisco Zen Center um, on their online content stuff. Uh, so you may, if you at some point in the future engage with uh, Zen Center online content or sit with us online, you may see me there once in a while as well. So uh, in my thank yous, before I begin, I just uh, wanted to thank my teacher, Rick Sloan, um, and just to thank all of the teachers and ancestors who have um, preserved this teaching and this um, method of practice so that it could be handed down to us. One, one break in that chain is all it would have taken. Um, and yet, somehow, 2,500 years later, here we are, uh, still engaging with the Buddha Dharma. So, thank you all for being here and for supporting that as well. So, I thought I'd talk for a little while. Uh, I'm intending to leave a good piece of time for some uh, questions, discussion, what, whatsoever else may come up, but I'll talk a little bit to give us a little something to chew on and we'll just see where that takes us. So for a little while now, a few months, a few months at least, um, I have been trying to pay attention in uh, my own experience and in my own life to this gaining idea uh, and this Gaining idea is a concept that I have seen many teachers warn against. This is a idea of having a goal-based practice of uh, trying to get or be or become something in particular. This gaining idea, I think, is is for me, a quite a lively place of practice. I noticed, as the concept would be mentioned, there was a little, I don't know, there was a little sensation inside. There was something in there that was, there was a gaining idea that was trying not to be noticed. Um, and there was some self-criticism about having spent a number of years in this practice and still having this idea of trying to get something or accomplish something or um, become something other than myself. So I just first noticed that this was happening. Oh, there's a reaction happening inside myself. Um, I'd like to work with this rather than trying to hide from it. And with these sorts of um, kind of practice concepts, uh, the way that one of the ways that I personally like to work with them is to do some reading and get a idea of the sort of philosophical landscape of the topic, and then to set those readings down and try to sort of triangulate a feeling amongst all of those words. Um, I think this is also for me quite helpful in the many translations that we have of some of these teachings to read a couple of translations and then try to let go of the specifics of the words and kind of feel my way into what is the meaning that's 
somewhere in between all of those words. So I kind of did some reading and some kind of thinking and reviewing of um, what I have heard other, other teachers um, talk about with this gaining idea. And then I sort of put that reading away and just tried to stay with the feeling in my own life. And I think one thing I want to make sure to say early and often about this gaining idea is that it can be useful for myself. One of the main things that brought me to practice was being unsatisfied with myself and how my life was going and wanting something to be different. Um, and I think that's quite a common way to arrive at this practice. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's a wonderful way to come to practice. For me, there was a lot of inspiration there. Oh, I'm still suffering. I guess there's still more. <laughs> there's more, there's more to get here. Um, and that, I think that gaining idea that gets us into practice, for me, helped get me to a point of, I think, some more stability in my life and in my ability to work with the products of my mind that was really necessary. Um, and so it does kind of feel as if there are these fruits of practice um, and they are really useful, really helpful, I think for many people, um, a really necessary part of the practice. And it's very easy to start clinging to that idea of becoming someone else, becoming something different, becoming better in some way. So I just kind of raised this awareness in myself. And as I saw different iterations of a gaining idea come up, I just tried to meet them with some curiosity and with a non-judgmental a non sort of awareness. So in the midst of this working with this gaining idea, a few weeks ago I was out for an evening walk, something I've been very intentionally trying to do more of recently because I love walking, and so walking just makes me happy, which is a fine thing. It's also very good for this physical body, it seems. Um, I hadn't been doing it. I had been sort of ignoring my own sort of basic needs. So I went out for this walk and very quickly, within just a few blocks, um, I noticed that I was just berating myself for the things I was not doing. I was not only berating myself for the things I wasn't doing, it was also the things that historically I had not done, the things I was sure I was gonna mess up in the future. And I have noticed this, I've noticed this pattern, noticed this experience many, many times. I am doing one thing and my mind is just making a list of how I'm not good enough. That's basically the, I think the core of it there. But, in this particular moment, I noticed this piece of this gaining idea mixed in there that I hadn't really recognized in such a specific way before. It was this, this idea that there were a list of things that a good person would do or most likely would have already done and that if I, if I could do those things on that list, uh, I would then be a good person. And until the time that I did complete those things on that list, uh, I, would, I would be a person who had some potential of eventually being a good person. The important thing here, I think, was that I noticed that this whole sort of realm of ideas was really reinforcing my idea of this self, of 
who I am, of having a really clear definition of who this person is. And I just really, really noticed how much I was not enjoying this experience. It was just, it was a beautiful walk and I was just ruining it <laughs> for myself. Um, so, and again, this is the, I think the sort of conundrum of this gaining idea. I think because I had an established practice history, because I have over the years intentionally worked with a number of concepts like this that have kind of come up for me, I was in a place where I could recognize that this thing was happening and I could make a more intentional decision to set that thing down, to let that feeling go um, and to have the letting go of that feeling actually help. Um, and to have that be a somewhat sustained experience. And so in setting that feeling down, what I noticed um, was this, this underlying feeling of beautiful okayness, uh, that in fact, things were just fine. There was really nothing wrong with just being out for a walk on a Tuesday night. Um, I didn't need any reasons to do it. And in that moment, I really felt I'm, I'm doing my best in this life. Um, I was standing on a sidewalk in the middle of San Francisco. What did I really think I, what else could I be doing other than walking? I, couldn't do those other things just then. And there was this feeling that this life is good enough. As, uh, as I have seen Suzuki Roshi quoted, uh, just being alive is enough. And I had a kind of real feeling of that. And this setting down, I want to I talk a little bit about this process of setting something down because um, the way I've described it sounds easy but I don't think this is actually an easy thing to do by any by any stretch and for me the introduction to this actually came long before I entered this uh, Buddhist Zen Buddhist practice path when I was in my undergraduate college years uh, I did a degree in uh, theater, and my very, very first semester that I was in college, the director of the first show that I was in, who then uh, became my um, academic advisor for the rest of my uh, college career, uh, at the beginning of our first rehearsal, he gave us this injunction that when you come to rehearsal, before you walk in the door, you just leave all of your baggage out in the hallway outside. He said, it, it'll still be there. If you want to pick it up again when you leave, you can. Um, but don't bring it into this rehearsal. And as a 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old uh, young man with lots of mental, emotional stuff going on, that was, for me, the first inkling that it was even possible to just let something go. Um, up until that point, it really felt essential to me that if there was something important, if there was something that felt serious going on, I needed, I needed to keep a portion of it kind of alive and active in the back of my mind, that somehow it was not an appropriate or safe response to actually let something completely go. And so these early experiences of, you know, sometimes coming straight to rehearsal after just having had an intense argument with somebody or, you know, something, something of, that, of that level, and to then set that 
feeling aside and go do something else that was really quite, for me at the time, very enjoyable and self-sustaining was a, a really wonderful um, and surprising positive thing that happened out of that theater experience. And I think here I want to point out an important piece, I think, of, for me, of the, the Zen Buddhist practice take on this, um, which is to just let something go without giving it a push. To just set something down and let it be without trying to shove it further away from me. That's the, uh, I think, a very, a very important piece here. Because even, even if that thing ends up further away from me, by putting that energetic connection to it, it has a feeling of tying it a little more strongly to myself in some ways. So this, this image of the setting the baggage down outside the door um, has been, for the entirety of my practice journey, has been kind of one of the images that has come back to me from time to time um, and has been really helpful. And in the last few months, as I've been practicing uh, with this gaining idea, and particularly after this experience a few weeks ago, I've actually been being even more intentional with my kind of visualization of an actual piece of baggage that I put this stuff in. I, I have a this sort of cartoonish image of a, a big kind of soft-sided carpet bag, basically. I set it down, it slouches a little bit. And I've noticed that by making that a sort of physical image in my mind, it seems to help me let go of the kind of word-based definitions of some of this stuff, um, which I think is really, for me, is really important. Um, because sometimes putting a name on an experience that I'm having actually gives it greater power, gives it something of a, a more defined reality. And so I think by kind of raising this slightly cartoonish image alongside these serious things that I'm working with, it helps me, it helps me hold it a little more lightly and a little more flexibly as well, I think, to kind of put the, put the feeling down without having to narrate to myself what I'm doing as I'm putting that feeling down. For me, the other helpful thing about the sort of physicality of this image is that I find it helpful when these things come back up. Because um, I've been talking about setting down, I have not yet mentioned how these things that I set down seemingly without me doing anything or realizing it's gonna happen, they leap back into my hand. Um, and they are with me and I have yet another opportunity to set these things down. And for me, there has been a kind of, um, yeah, a real, a real helpfulness in getting that awareness into my body when, when something like this, this gaining idea that I have about um, being a better person when I accomplish my to-do list, it comes back up and it, it sometimes it, it's almost, it is sort of a physical feeling like I'm, you know, I'm caught on something that's uh, immovable behind me and I'll even I'll even say, oh, how did you get back in? Or, oh, look, you're, you're back again. 
And kind of this cartoonish image of the bag, I think, also helps me be a bit more kind and gentle with these things as they come back. Um, so I'm not uh, berating myself that this gaining idea has come back into my mind. And I'm not berating the gaining idea for having come back into my mind. I'm just recognizing that it's back, acknowledging it, and again, setting it down. And this kind of cycle of awareness and letting go and the return and the awareness and the letting go is really, I think, a foundational practice uh, that in its kind of broad shape is really helpful in many, many situations. Uh, for me, it's the, it's the same thing I'm usually doing in Zazen. An idea comes up, I recognize it, and I just let it go. Again, if I start berating myself for the fact that ideas are arising, uh, or if I start trying to shove them away or keep them away, um, that really doesn't help. Uh, so this kind of gentleness, but persistent gentleness, I think is really, um, really helpful here. So at its, at its heart, as I've been kind of working with this gaining idea, um, to me, I'm really making a, making a personal connection between gaining idea and the clinging that is also often brought up in, um, in Buddhist teachings. Um, this is the clinging to a situation or clinging to an idea, um, the, the sort of um, wanting, to, wanting to keep good things with us and to have them continue indefinitely um, and clinging to the good sensation of having pushed away something that's unpleasant. And it's becoming to me more and more evident how this, how this gaining idea is a mechanism of my experience of a self really trying to really trying to ensure its continued existence this experience that i have of being a self is very um, convincing and this this self is very scared of not existing. Um, this self is, in fact, very scared of even just changing a little bit. And so these gaining ideas are a really handy mechanism for my mind to help define myself. Um, oh, I am the person who has not done A, B, and C, but who has done D and E, so I'm maybe 40% good today. That, for me, has been a really endlessly perpetuating cycle that is really um, unpleasant to live through, honestly. Uh, and so recognizing that this gaining idea is connected to clinging, uh, for me, has been helpful because it can help me start to break down a few of these connections that otherwise feel so, um, they feel so strong. Um, you know, as before my, before this theater experience, when I, I had no idea that it was possible to set things down, to just let things go. And now at this point in my practice, I'm starting to realize that it's possible to also let this sense of a self go, uh, to let my 
assumptions and beliefs about who I am and what that means to really let those go. And this, I think one of the real pitfalls, one of the dangers of um, these gaining ideas and this clinging is that it separates us from the possibility of actually awakening right now in this very moment. My mind sort of has, you know, has watched lots of people do lots of things in their, in their practice, has watched my own practice evolve and change over a number of years. And I think there is in me a kind of pretty deep default assumption that there are many stages to practice and that these stages build on one, one after the other and that eventually, after having completed enough of those stages, there comes a point where real awakening is possible. Then I, then I can open the door and, and engage with real reality. That process seems to have some reality in the conventional world. I mean, that honestly is often the case. Uh, most people, as far as I have seen, practice for quite a number of years and things change over the course of those years. But the point is not to practice and constantly refine this one and get this thing to a better version of this thing. Uh, the point is to make it possible to wake up to something that is beyond all of that. And so these, this, this gaining idea, and particularly this experience I had of noticing how I was tying my self-worth to my future productivity um, has been for me really instructive in this practice realm. There is a feeling um, within, within my practice of I'm not yet good enough to deserve to be awake to true reality. And that is, uh, ooh, what an enormous roadblock that sounds like. The truth is that every one of us right now, without doing anything else, is absolutely deserving of waking up to the entirety of true reality. And we, even in this, even in this state of whatever is going on in our minds, we are in that reality right now. Um, it's not something we're going to encounter later. Uh, it is something we are encountering right now. So this recognition of this gaining idea and really trying again and again to let it go, um, I notice opens up space for a lot of joy to arise. Now that deferring my life until later um, is a really for me a cold and sad way to live. Um, it's not really engaging with the actual present moment as it's here in front of me. I think at the at the heart of it, what I'm what I'm talking about is um, encouraging persistence, encouraging compassion towards ourselves. Um, I think it's deeply important that we pay real attention to what's actually going on in our lives and in our experiences, um, and that we do 
learn and change and evolve from those things. Uh, and I do think that that persistence, persistence really seems to be a requirement. Because it's, for me so far, has not been possible to maintain constant awareness. Um, I can find periods of sustained awareness, but these things always come back. These, um, these little misunderstandings and roadblocks and stumbling blocks uh, that, I, that I set out for myself, they always so far have come back. And so this persistence to keep trying. I also do think it's really helpful and important to recognize progress when we see and feel progress in ourselves and in others. I think that's very encouraging on this path. As the, as the practice expands, uh, sometimes we get some different views of the ultimate reality of progress and change. Um, there certainly are some um, levels and aspects of this teaching um, that are helpful for reminding us how much this stuff doesn't really exist. And I think it's very important and very helpful to recognize that our own experience does exist as our own experience. Uh, and so to recognize what's happening in our own experience, uh, to learn from it, and to stay curious about what the possibilities are in that moment. Um, I think that's a, a really solid 24 seven, 365 days a year practice. There is always, there's always this present moment um, and always uh, some effort that can be made uh, right up until the moment where uh, we realize that no more effort is needed. So I think I'm going to pause there. This talk really is just to encourage us. Um, these are some things that have worked for me and that have been alive for me in my practice lately. I would encourage anyone who finds any of these words helpful to not take them too literally. Um, again, to sort of try to triangulate the, the feeling of these sentiments and see how that speaks to your actual practice, to your actual life, to what's coming up for you. If any of the specific words are helpful, great. Allow them to be helpful. Um, but I would caution us not to get hung up on the words. But this feeling, this feeling of um, effort to recognize the the truth of our lives and to look for whatever are the barriers that we seem to be experiencing between ourselves and this ground of joyous true reality that we have access to. Um, and if we can recognize that there is some barrier, uh, what a wonderful start that is. We don't even really need to know anything about it, and we certainly don't need to know what to do about it. Let's first just try to be realistic about what's going on in our own selves. All right, really, I'm going to stop there. So mm -hmm. if anyone has any questions, any comments, anything this brings up, I would be mm -hmm. delighted, to, delighted to hear. And if there are any, um, any normal uh, 
things that happen here that I don't know about, please <laughs> let me know. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. I think it was really compelling to me what you're talking about. Um, and uh, I have a question, which is um, how is a gaining idea, um, how, is that, how do you equate that with belief? Do you equate it with belief? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, what connection is there? I think the, for me, the gaining idea is about, my embodied experience of it is <clears throat> that what's right here, right now is not good enough. That something else is better. Um, and belief for me, because I do notice, yeah, I, I, there, is, there, is a, um, there is a fundamental piece of faith or belief or whatever you might want to call it that is deeply embedded in, in my personal experience of practice. Um, and that faith, that belief, um, is also an embodied thing. You know, I think the words and concepts around belief and faith don't really, don't really move me. Um, but there is a feeling that I have that seems to arise when I'm, when I feel like I am well aligned with truth, I guess. Um, and that, that belief, you know, there's this belief that um, waking up is possible, that the teachings are true. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I don't, I guess I don't for myself really see a lot of connection between the gaining idea and belief, because belief is kind of a foundational, it is a foundation other parts of my practice rest on. Um, and the gaining idea is a, um, product of this small self. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Tomorrow I might have a different answer. <laughs> yeah, please. So, uh, you mentioned that thing, right? Yes, acting. Mm -hmm. And uh, theater acting, the Richard Burton always used to say that, oh, I'm all, always trying to tame the beast. The mm. audience was the beast. Mm. And the way that, and most actors have an outer locus, meaning mm. they get validation from the outside. Mm. It doesn't go from inside out, it comes from outside in. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm an immigrant, and um, in immigrant families, a lot of there's a lot of need for validation that gets put in, programmed in from the very beginning. And to me, uh, you know, belief is just not anything that's just an idea that I have taught or I have accepted to be true. So. If I accept that to be true, and what I'm doing is technically I'm taking this idea or the person that the idea is associated with, I'm turning them into a god whose expectation that I'm trying to live up to. And when I don't live up to those expectations, I feel judged. So, you know. And while you were talking, this sort of started clarifying in my head. And I was thinking about these things and saying, you know, we take our parents, we take our teachers, we take our, you know, society, whoever it is, and we turn it into a god or an idol, you know, because mm -hmm. to me, God is just a moving thing. It's not a still thing, you know. Mm -hmm. You just took a photograph and you know, stilled it and put it up and said, this is it, this is what... Mm -hmm. I'm going to get validation from and and feeling judged all the time 
is not something that you're alone in. In I've gone through it. I'm still going through it. And but yeah, you're right. But one of the great things about our Zen practice is that it short circuits that. It says, come back to this moment. Come back mm -hmm. to this moment. Come back to this moment. So mm -hmm. that whole thing of oh, where are, where are you going? You know, come back to your breath. Where are you going? Come mm -hmm. back to your body. Come back mm -hmm. to this place that you're sitting. And that I think personally, I've started feeling this. It's a gift mm -hmm. because that's where true confidence arises from. Mm -hmm. Not trying to always wanting to this whole need to be wanting to be someone else mm -hmm. is because we feel judged all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's this, not only there's a judgment, there's this feeling of ostracism. What's, what's that word, sort of ostracization, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you'll be ostracized, ostracized if you don't fall in line, mm -hmm. if you don't worship like the way that other people are worshiping, if you don't do things how mm -hmm. other people are doing things, who are your family, who are your brothers, your sisters, or whoever mm -hmm. it is, mm -hmm. who you know. And that feeling is like, oh, I'm suddenly alone in the world is very sort of unnerving. Mm. And mm -hmm. I think uh, with judgment underneath all of that comes that feeling that I will be alone. Mm -hmm. You know, if I fall down, I have nobody to pick me up. Mm. You know, mm. and yeah. so it's. I think it's. It goes a little bit deeper for me at least mm -hmm. to understand this, but. On the other hand, you know, it's like I have to keep on reminding myself what moment am I choosing? Mm. Am I choosing joy mm -hmm. or am I choosing sadness? Am I choosing allowing myself to be happy or am I? So it, this, this sort of, it's like this sort of bicycle that I'm on, you know, the stop mm. derby bicycle is always sort of going along mm -hmm. and then saying, I keep pedaling and saying, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to do the next pedal. Mm -hmm. That's in my zen practice. Mm -hmm. Next pedal, next pedal. Mm. And for me, that has become, you know, a way of saying, oh, I don't have to always choose this. I can choose mm. joy. I can mm -hmm. choose allowing instead of resisting. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, you know, you're not the only one who's going mm. to. Oh yeah, I I go through this all the time. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. This is like this is our human condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just yeah. want to let you know about that. Mm. I feel what you're feeling. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This this present moment. Um, coming back to the present moment, um, I have been been really surprised over the years. What um, what an antidote it can be to so many of the bound up, tense, constricted states my mind and, and my body uh, get into. Um, you know, when I, when I return to the present moment, things are almost always okay. <laughs> almost always okay. Um, and I don't want to discount the existence of real, you know, real suffering. You know, I, I may I may break a leg, and um, you know that present moment might not feel quite as okay as some of the other present moments do. But even in that breaking a leg, the the real suffering is going to be my all of my thoughts about what's going to happen tomorrow and next week, and what I'm going to miss next month. And you know, even in the midst of that broken leg, there's the physical pain, but things are not as bad as my mind makes them out to be. Um, and just something just sort of about the judgment idea that, that you mentioned um, was really kind of up for me. And it's how the, you know, these sort of assumptions that I have about other people's negative judgments of me. If I, if I don't do this thing, they're going to think I don't know what I'm doing or I'm some sort of a slacker or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, those have a, a real power. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely as a, as a social, as a social being, um, as part of this human social thing, uh, I'm trying to, you know, be I'm trying to 
stay in the good graces of my social group. <laughs> but um, even the positive judgments that I think, you know, maybe I'll get if I do everything right, um, whatever, whatever that might look like, um, even those positive judgments are going to reinforce this sense of small self that I have and are not going to move me towards awakening. Um, you know, I could, I could do all, I could accomplish all sorts of wonderful things on a checklist for the, for the temple and people could be singing my praises from one hallway to another. Um, and none of that is really inherently going to move me towards actually waking up. Um, in fact, knowing myself and praise, it's actually probably going to put up a bigger barrier. <laughs> so Ooh, yeah, got to be real careful there. Yeah, thank you. I see Denise's hand up online. So let's, uh, let's get an online question. Go ahead. Hi, Dan. Thank you very much for your talk and your thoughts. Um, this idea of gaining idea, what it brings up for me is this time that I was sitting session and I was feeling really inadequate. And I went to my teacher and I said, I am the least ambitious Zen student in the world. I don't want to teach. I don't want to be ordained. I don't even think about enlightenment. I just want to sit Zazen and live my life in the world in the best way I possibly can. And she kind of looked at me like, what is the matter with you? What are you thinking? And she just said, so you don't think it's important to be sitting here in this session with other people. You don't think that you're showing up supports them and their practice and allows them to be different in the world. And all of a sudden I kind of thought, oh, this is like negative space, a negative gaining idea. I am thinking all about myself and not and thinking about how I should be in the world and what the perfect Zen student should be instead of remembering, oh yeah, I did take a Bodhisattva vow to live and be lived by this practice. And that was really helpful to me at that moment. And I forget it all the time and you know, berate myself for not being good enough or you know, being distracted or all sorts of things. But when I can remember you know, that sense of, yes, I am living for other people as well as myself. It's so less isolating. And it's such a more important way for me to be in the world. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this, uh, there's a kind of a reframing that is, is helpful for me that um, kind of came up for me as you were um, as you were talking about that experience. You know, this um, these gaining ideas, I think, for myself, you know, they kind of lock in this this boundary that I think I have at the outside edge of my own body. You know, this is this self. These gaining ideas that I have are about what's going to happen to this physical body, essentially. And as you were, as you were talking about how, how your sitting would support other people sitting session, I was, I was sort of struck with this image of um, widening the frame. And rather than looking at one person, looking at the Sangha, as a as its own kind of self, you know the the, the same way the same way I'll, I I might look at my hand and you know sort of say this is my hand, my hand ends here, but my hand is also inexorably linked to the rest of my body, um, and I think that's another of these another of the pitfalls of these gaining ideas, whether they're positive or negative gaining ideas, because. That, that also is a is a good point. These sort of negative gaining ideas, but these 
yeah, these gaining ideas um, cut me off from really living and feeling into the interdependence of everything. And I think that's a um, and that's that's where to me it kind of gets back to the the sort of classical kind of clinging um, teachings because it there's something about that idea of the clinging and the breaking of the clinging that um, helps me take this seriously helps me recognize that um, you know this is this is an important part of uh, an important part of practice to recognize and let go of these gaining ideas and by doing that to open up greater connection with what's going on around greater connection with the bigger totality of things um, hmm. lovely yeah thank you thank you for sitting fishing Mm, undoubtedly helpful. It was undoubtedly helpful. Mm. Oh, good. Yeah. It is that time. Yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you all for uh, sitting together and for uh, engaging with these engaging with these practices. Thank you. This talk was brought to you by the Canando Zen Meditation Center in Mountain View, California. For more information or to support this podcast, go to canando.org. That's K-A-N-N-O-N-D-O dot O-R-G.